evening, everyone. Welcome to episode number 48 of the MCW cast. My name is Tara, and I am one third of the co-hosting team here at the cast, and I'll be joined later on this episode by Legacy Larry Legend and MCW co-owner Dan McDevitt. Thank you all who are watching tonight on Facebook and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us so you get all of our updates. If you are listening on our podcast platform on Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, and CastBox, be sure that you follow along there too so you get the same notifications each week when we post a new episode. Now, what a week it's been. Last week, we were just coming off season's beatings on December 4th at the MCW Arena. And we had the opportunity to sit down with a star who made her debut at MCW that night. And I'm talking about Erica Lee. She was absolutely delightful in studio. So if you haven't checked out last week's episode, you better do so soon because in her words, it's a honking good time. So make sure you check that out. This week, we've brought another special guest who also made her MCW debut at Seasons Beatings, and I'm talking about Leela Gray. She went up against the MCW women's champion, Ray Lynn. Now, Ray Lynn, we've had on here before, and she has said over and over that she is a fighting champion. So make sure you stick around and hear what Leela Gray has to say before she faced her opponent, Ray Lynn, on December 4th at Seasons Beatings. We want to also thank our Coffee Club subscribers. It's been almost a year that you've been supplying us with coffee while we entertain you with our weekly podcast. We really thank you for your support. If you missed Seasons Beatings, be sure to check it out on mcwragetv.com. We've also posted the results on our social media platforms, Facebook, our website, mcwprowrestling.com as well. And you can also check it out on YouTube. We will have selected matches being posted as well as some of the promos that we film backstage during the course of the event. While you're over there at YouTube, be sure to check out our Flashback Friday. This week, we're gonna be bringing you from night one of Winter Blast back in 2020. Wasn't really that long ago, but boy, does it seem like it's been a while now. I'm talking about Action Andretti and Fernando Alvarado. Action Dreddy has been very much in action lately. He was on Seasons Beatings, and you can look for him at December 30th's event, Last Call. So be sure to check out our Flashback Friday. We're going to pause here for a quick station identification break, and when we come back, we will be in studio with none other than Leela Gray. Show your support for the MCW cast while sporting some great gear by going to teespring.com slash stores slash mcwcast. You can pick up a full line of official MCW cast merchandise from coffee mugs and face coverings to t-shirts and sweatshirts. Visit teespring.com slash stores slash MCW cast. And we are live back in studio with our special guest, Layla Gray. Layla, welcome to the MCW cast. Thank you so much for having me today, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, we were excited to have you here, and I was excited to see you in competition at MCW Season's Beatings oh, yeah. against Ray Lynn for the MCW Women's Championship. That's right. What a way to make an MCW debut is to go right into a title match against our women's champion. That is pretty impressive. You know, I actually was wondering about, now this is no shade, but I was like, what are, what's her credentials? <laughs> She's just coming in and getting a title belt, but Ray Lynn is a fighting champion. She wants competition, yep. so. She's been defending against, yeah. Everyone. All over. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, all of the, all of the women that raised 
taken on are all women that are kind of making a name for themselves and making a way for themselves on the indies. Mm -hmm. Indeed, indeed. Well, we won't give you any spoilers here, so you're going to have to go to either Rage TV um, in the next week or so. It should be up there, and you can check it out, and I'm sure we'll post some highlight clips on our YouTube channel. So if you're not following us and subscribing, please make sure that you do. But that's how you're going to have to find out the action, because if you miss season's beatings, I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> it was a real banger, yeah. It was. You know, I mean, the, the crowd is always great here, and um, as we've mentioned before on the podcast, we'll be uh, relocating our training center and birthday parties to another facility so you know we've really only got one more show here at the MCW arena and that's Thursday December 30th you know so uh, we'll be having shows and some I'm really excited to uh, be bringing our product to some new venues and I think that's gonna be really cool but yeah if you haven't gotten tickets please get them because this is it this is history in the making that's right this is it uh, but this is now and Layla you're our <laughs> guest so uh, I understand um, you're, you're from the New York area originally. Yes, I am from Queens, New York. Right on, Queens in the house. I, I lived in the Bronx for a few years, so not too far away. Not too far away from here, but yeah. it's too cold over there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now you're down in... Now I'm down in sunny, Florida. Sunny Florida. Yep, soaking up the sun. The I was Orlando area, right? In Orlando, yeah. I originally had moved to Miami. I was there for about five, six years, and now recently moved to Orlando. What took you to Miami from... New York area. Um, the weather? I would say I just kind of, well, yeah, the weather was the main factor. <laughs> Not going to lie. Uh, but I kind of just wanted to get away, just a fresh start. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like that. I like to just reinvent myself, get away from everybody, clear my head. And it was supposed to be temporary. It was supposed to be for college. And I graduated like four years ago. <laughs> and then I just stayed. That is actually kind of how I became a New Yorker. I went to New York to go to school. I never finished. Um, but I was like, hey, I like it up here. And I got bit by that New York City bug and stayed for 10 years. So, um, yeah, that can happen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I lived there from 2003 to 2013. No kidding. That's how long I lived there. And then I was back. Um, wow. But, yeah, uh, fun times up there. But I was going to say maybe uh, the cost of living because New York is quite the expensive city to live in. I can attest to that. But if you move from New York to Miami, <laughs> it's not cheap living either. It's not cheap living. But you know what? You get a way better place <laughs> for for the amount of money that you would pay in New York. Yeah. In New York, you'll pay 1700 to live in a closet. Like this, wow. the size of this studio, <laughs> smaller than this studio yeah. and with a shared bathroom. You know, on a floor, you know, but it's location, Manhattan, right mm -hmm. where the money's made. If you can get a little studio apartment there, you're right. golden. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I say the further down south you, you go, the easier living than in a, a metropolitan like New York City. So, Now, what took you to Florida initially? Was that to go to college? That was to go to college, yes. So I, you know, just wanted a fresh start, wanted to get away from my friends because they were really bad influences mm -hmm. <laughs> they can be yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Valid. so yeah so then I, I left uh to college to pursue my dreams uh i've always knew i wanted to work in entertainment so i'm like let me just go study broadcasting and see where that leads me because i just always knew i wanted to work in television yeah so yeah that was my fresh start that was my opportunity to go reinvent myself and become layla gray well, you have a very powerful voice. Uh, yeah, we, we all discussed it. Probably one of the most powerful voices of any guests we've had on, um, honestly. Um, and that shows in your, your training and tutelage up until this point. 
Um, we've seen you pop up a couple times on AEW Dark. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, that I guess that in itself are the credentials all that we needed to see why she was, you know, why you fought against Ray Lynn for the championship. This is true. And many victories on AEW, I might add. So, you know, you've made several appearances, and I'm just looking over, like, your the list of people that you've worked against and defeated, um, you know, so. and. I don't know about defeated. Well, you got defeated had some wins. or had been, to, sorry, have had some wins. Yes, I've had some wins. Um, but I want to go back for just a second, Larry. Please and, take um, us back. <laughs> so um, I want to go back to your voice again. Um, yes. it, you have a wonderful quality to your voice. It's very rich. Um, and I want to ask, was this part of your um, musical background? I did yes. do a little research. You know, that's my job as a producer. Uh, I, did a little I, I research. appreciate it. I appreciate you looking into it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, music was my first passion. I started singing very, very young when I was five years old. I was greatly influenced by the late Selena. Mm. Really inspired me. And from then on, I just always wanted to get my hands on anything to do with entertainment. So I was involved in music and modeling, acting, dancing, and then later on, the broadcasting. So yeah, all of that just, all of these things just kind of came together to create who I am today. You know, it's really interesting. And Tara, you and I have bought this up, kind of being mm -hmm. theater kids ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we come from an era where we kind of had to keep it on the low that we were into Cats yeah. and Rent and all of that stuff. Because Okay, I wasn't into Cats. I thought it was the worst musical I've ever seen. I'm I sorry. Just bought, I just I, need to tell I, you this. But I just bought that up because I saw you bought, You took the boys there. I saw the picture that you posted. It was the worst musical. I'm going to see Tootsie on Saturday, on Sunday. Well, that'll be a but lot anyway. better. But um. <laughs> we, we are from an era where you kind of kept that on the low. You know, it wasn't really discussed amongst the boys that you were you know really into the theater and stuff like that but now we are in an era where so many folks that have gotten into the industry can say yes i have a background in acting yes it is the elements of acting and wrestling that attracted me to you know pursue this as a as a path and i think that's so i think that can only benefit us all to find discover you know people that you know. Absolutely. And I think that wrestlers should go and take some acting classes <laughs> if they're yeah. very serious about this, about perfecting this craft and, you know, um, having the total package and, and their character nailed down. Definitely take some acting classes. Well, I know the the performance center has like a, a course there on yeah. your daily grind at the performance center. You work out, then you go to a promo class. I yep. think it's called, and yeah. you're in there and you're getting up cold and yep. doing the same things that you would probably do at Stella Adler Conservatory of Acting in New York City. So it, it behooves you if you are listening right now and thinking of getting into the business. Get yourself some classes, talk to yourself in the mm -hmm. mirror, and have a voice as powerful sounding as Layla yeah. Gray's. And feel, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we talked, our guest last week, um, we had Erica Lee in studio, and uh, she was also making her MCW debut at Seasons Beatings. And she's done a lot of uh, cinematography, cinem cinematic <laughs> promos <laughs> and different vignettes, um, you know, during the quarantine period, and, you know, to just kind of be active. Did you do anything similar to that? Were you doing any kind of cinematic? type promos or generating buzz or anything like that? Well, it's very interesting because I actually became a pro wrestler during COVID. So, oh, so you're new to this. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm new to this. Oh, wow. Okay, right on. Right? I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't like to tell too many people, but since, you know, we're here talking, having a good time. Yeah, so I made my debut uh, last year, last October of 2020. So when I made my debut, it was during like lockdown uh -huh. and all that stuff and a small, close set, maybe like 
five, ten people in there. Uh, so, I mean, I wasn't working on too many promos during that time, but a lot of people were at home, not training, and I still, I spoke to my trainer. I'm like, hey, I'm still trying to, yeah, I'm trying to go and get my work in, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, and then those months that I kept training while everybody was at home, then I feel like everybody came back, and I was just like, surpassed them leaps and bounds <laughs> yeah. above them yeah, yeah like i was on another level already <laughs> right? now who was your trainer who who was responsible for your training my original trainer uh in miami was jb cool he's a little smaller um he's not too well known like that but very great that name sounds familiar to me i mean we, we're in did the industry did you have a training center there or? yes it was called fighting evolution wrestling um, then after there, I've actually, I kind of moved around a bit. Uh, after that, I was training with Gangrel oh, for, okay. for a yeah, few months. Him, yeah. but, yes, he's yeah. great. Before moving to Orlando, and now I train with Alex Porto. Oh, oh Alex okay. the Pug Porto? How yeah. about that? That's awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Love him. Love, love, love does, him. Does he have a place in Orlando? Like yes. A training center? Uh -huh. Yes, his school is called Pro Wrestling 2.0, and I am currently the women's champion. You know what? Nice. And that is so awesome because sometimes I remember Alex Porto's, mm -hmm. uh, you yeah. know, time in WWF. And yeah. I remember just wondering, like, oh, why did they miss the ball with him? You know, like, I felt like it was almost a precursor to Angle. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, just a, just yeah, a couple did, years. They missed the ball with him. Just a couple years yes. too early before yeah. uh, Angle, you know, showed up and kind of took that ball and, and ran with it. Um, but that's awesome that you were trained by, I mean, in my eyes, the great Alex Porto. Yeah, no, he's, he's phenomenal. He's great. And... He may not have had a long run in WWF, but you know he's he's been everywhere. He's done a couple of Japan tours, and I think he did work with WCW back then. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so he's been around, has a ton of knowledge, and creating greatness. Obviously, continuing to you know yes. train is is you know that's he's had a lot of talented ladies in that school. He has Santana Garrett, Chelsea oh, Green. Wow. Yeah, he had some great ladies coming out of there. That's awesome. So you started to started your training in Miami and then kind of migrated over to Orlando. Yeah. And that happens yeah. a lot of the times. You, mm -hmm. you, you, and you... there's so much in Orlando, I guess, with the performance center. And... Yes. Yes, absolutely. It was closer. You know, at that time, uh, when I moved, you know, this past year, I've been doing a lot of AEW, constantly traveling to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So that kind of played a part in the moving. And just a, a lot oh. of the independent shows that I was doing out there or all in Central Florida. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I kind of did that just to make my life easier. And, uh, yeah, I, I knew that once I moved to Orlando, I'm like, it's a wrap now. Oh, yeah, you're <laughs> in to win it. If you're in Orlando, that's like uh, MLW, yeah. uh, the performance they, center. Does MLW run out of there? I know that they were doing a number of their tapings from Orlando. Now that the country has opened back up a little bit more, I think they did something in Philly not too long ago. But at one point, MLW did a series of tapings. The ones that Leo was on, he yeah. told me I was down in Orlando for those. So Is that how you kind of started getting in with the, doing a lot of the AEW darks? Like during the Because they, they were writing that they were filming a lot of them. Uh, yeah, so since since they were in Florida, they were looking for, I guess, a lot of local talent. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so they reached out to me on Facebook, actually. <laughs> I got a, a nice little message from somebody asking me if I was interested in, in going to Dark. And, oh, my God, it was crazy because at this time, I had only been working for maybe, like, four months. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, am I ready for this? I don't know, but I'm going to take the opportunity. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but look, it's been almost a year, and I'm still coming back, so. 
Yeah, and that's a great. Up. I mean, those yeah, those opportunities you can't pass up. No, and and it's put me on the map. You know, now people are starting to know who Layla Gray is. Mm -hmm. It's completely changed my life having those AW Dark opportunities and. You That's know, how I saw you and kind of reached out mm -hmm. to you. And exactly. Was like, hey. Yeah. So, you know, from doing AEW, then I then I got the opportunity to wrestle for Mission Pro Wrestling. And then a lot of people watched that, too. So mm -hmm. that just kept opening doors and. I started working more out of state and because that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm not just trying to be local. I'm not trying to be in Florida. I'm like thinking big. I like to be out of state. I'm trying to be out the country. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, internationally known. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, and yeah. so much of this business is timing, you know, yeah. being uh, at the right place at the right time where the right person sees your Facebook profile or, you know, is. happens to see a clip that somebody else put up or something. So, you know, it seems like you're, you're reaping the benefits of being at the right place at the right time. Thank you. Thank you. And I mean, you know, I, I've always been like a hustler and a go-getter yeah. and and I love networking and I'm always constantly sending out emails and promoting myself on social media and you know even before when I had barely any matches under my belt you know my Instagram looked like I was popping <laughs> fake it till you well, make it exactly it, it works you know, yeah. I, I would put little 10 second clips I'm like even if the match wasn't that good I found these 10 seconds that I look bomb and, and, and that's what we're gonna put yep, over indeed. And, listen that's part of like cutting through the white noise you mm -hmm. know um you did it with me because i, I get bombed and we're all, you know we're an, only an indie we're uh, you know up there is probably one of the more reputable indie promotions yeah, but 23 years i get bombed with all the time constantly with people trying to work for me like nonstop. so it's kind of hard to cut through the white noise with me because it's so many people but I, I can't even remember what it was but it was something like that clips or something that caught my attention yeah and then i was like yeah. oh who, you know what i mean so you're doing that's what you need to do to kind of cut through the white noise to get people to notice you and continue to get yourself out there you that's know? right and that's, absolutely because this is what people look for you know i spoke to somebody from pwi and i asked them what what is it that they look for for people to make their list and all that and it's you know working for quality companies um having quality matches your social media presence, they emphasized a lot. So you have to look like you're out there working and, and doing it, living yeah. it. Yeah, we had, Leo Rush is one of like, obviously one of students, our first right, students, yeah. but he was like a, ma he's a master at like social media. I mean, like when he was really breaking into the business, I mean, he was on social media all the time and he was doing exactly what you were saying, you know, yeah. posting little clips of videos and here's where I'm going to be tonight. Here's mm -hmm. where I'm going to be next week. And really just putting that out there. And it's like, Oh, we I've need this guy. Because we have a lot of people that come through our training center, and a lot of it's because of our history of, like, Lita training with us and Mickey James going back, but then, like, Leo. And I don't, I've always, since Leo, to any of the new students, like, do what he did. Like, mm -hmm. he was, you know, two or three matches in, but he was pushing himself out there on on social media yeah. like he was a freaking It was star. almost laughable at first. It like, was. you yeah. know, you're like, who the fuck? Yeah, you know, a like, lot of guys, a lot yeah. of, and a lot of the guys yep. that have been around, the veteran indie guys, would bust Leo's balls. Mm -hmm. And I would tell him, don't pay any attention. Right. Like, yeah. keep doing Keep doing that. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing that. And he would, you know, and then within the first year, he's winning the, you know, the Ring of Honor. Top prospect. Top prospect yep. tournament. Yeah. Boom. Signed with NXT. And I was like, See? I would tell him when a lot of the local guys would bust his, and you were right. They, mm -hmm. would, they would bust his balls. Mm -hmm. and I, But I would always be like, no, man, he's, he gets it. Yeah. Right. Like, he because gets it's it. Because it's matter. a new, it's a new yeah. environment where you yeah. really can self-promote yeah, yourself. I, through. I really think Leo doing a lot of the stuff he did got him noticed by PWG. Oh, for sure. Got him for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, sure. I, you know, like I, I really believe that had a lot to do with his trajectory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he marketed himself. Yeah. He presented himself as a package, mm -hmm. and I think that's what's really important to be successful in this like digital age, yeah. you know, yeah. because people are getting content from all over. Not mm -hmm. everybody's coming to a live event, you know, and yeah. and that's you have to think, like you said, you were thinking globally. You yeah. want to be, yeah. you know, you want to travel. You want to be out there. Well, yes. you gotta. Put yourself, the people, wherever you want to go to, need to know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and even before wrestling, you know, I came from an entertainment background. So mm -hmm. I already had that hustle in me, that networking, marketing myself. Uh, because before I was working as a model in, in Miami doing music videos. And I was doing the same thing, just promoting myself, trying to get noticed mm -hmm. by casting directors and all that so I can get, you know, so I can get this booking and these music videos and it's all the hustle. that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, the hustle and the grind never yep. stops, and neither so. does the MCW cast. But we do need to pause for a little internet station identification, so stay with us. We're going to have more for you on the other side of the break. Fuel the MCW cast by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast. And for just $3, you can buy the cast a coffee. Or you can choose to become a member of the cast for just $5 a month and get several additional perks. That's buymeacoffee.com slash mcwcast. And we are back. Um, you mentioned uh, Selena as one of your musical influences. Who did you have in wrestling that you were influenced by? Um, so I just love the strong, powerful ladies. Uh, one of my first was China. Mm. So when I started wrestling, when I started watching wrestling, she was the one that was on TV all the time. So she definitely influenced me a lot. Then I got into a few years later, I started getting into the other women. Um, I love Victoria. Mm -hmm. I love Jazz. Jazz is a badass. <laughs> um, Mickey James, Melina. Like, mm -hmm. I love that era. I love that you love yes. brunettes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because everyone that you've said is, is a darker-haired woman. Uh, mm -hmm. China, Victoria, Melina. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so stand up for the brunettes, okay? Yes, I always <laughs> love that era, Gail Kim. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so happy that, you know, fast forward years later, they're still in the business and they're pushing women's wrestling and, yeah. you know, helping us. And and they've all really played a part in all everyone that you mentioned. Everyone really, that you everyone mentioned, that you yeah. Mentioned was really played a big part in taking women from just being like hundred percent yep. and mm -hmm. lingerie matches oh gosh yeah. what it yes. is now to what you're doing which is very respected and how about victoria came in as a hoe she was one of the god that was her i was well, at the madison square garden show where she got power bombed um you that's were, how she yeah. got her start or in yeah. broken in there in well w. it was um the godfather becoming the good father I didn't know that yes and victoria was one of his mm -hmm. two hoes mm -hmm. and um she took a devastating powerbomb in Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, she had a job. They mm -hmm. wanted her back. And she had very little training under her belt when mm -hmm. that happened. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I did not know yeah. that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Being, don't knock being a hoe. Because you were, you I was were a, a hoe. hoe. <laughs> I was a hoe. That was my first. Actually, I, um, my parents on the hoe train got me into radio. I did Wrestle Talk America with Devious Doc for a couple of years. And then that was what led oh, me to here. you got that from doing the I got train? that from there because afterwards. I thought you got the hoe train because you were with, no. You no, I I didn't know anything about okay. it. No, I just train. with the oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're old. Do you remember the, the Godfather in the Godfather in WWE? This is going back twenty <sighs> years. He he. he, 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 he 
coming out with the hat and, and the he was like a pimp. And, oh, because he's a pimp. Okay, yes. so actual was, like pimps and hoes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, like, oh my gosh, was, you were so lost. I, I don't know if I was hearing this right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's hard to believe she that was, was 20, oh. 20 years ago. I'm like, wait, what? And there are yeah. so many things that it's hard to believe. Because the, the, re- the Attitude Era in wrestling happened. It 20, broke in, what, 96? 97, I'd say. Stone Cold. When, when like Brett, Stone when Cold Brett went over to so WCW. That was 97. 97, Brett. yeah. Brett left to WCW and... How crazy is it that that like yeah. how that that is now like almost ancient history? I know like, it's not because it was now twenty so some old, years. So let's ago. not yeah. okay. <laughs> but yeah, but it I was. was on the it's crazy. Like Stone Cold and yeah. WO, that was twenty three years ago. And characters like The Godfather, and, which yeah, was a so pimp. God, yeah, yeah, and um, and he would have girls. The girls would come in and you know scantily clad. You know, and yeah, and that's what they called them the hoes. The, the hoes. We that's were okay. we were the hoes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it was our dressing room. It would say hoes. No, Layla, I'm not making it up. I swear to God, it said hoes. They would be so, he so would, canceled. For a lot of the time, today. he would he would try. WWE to... would get canceled for having a hoe locker room. Not only that, but what about the what about the bit which he would try to pass the girls off to yes. his opponent and be like, "We don't fight." I had to distract the referee. I had to get in there and distract. Um, oh, what was the older guy? Uh, the guy that owned the bar, Tim White. Tim White. Yeah. I had to distract him. I had to shake and distract yeah. him. What about Eric Bischoff on Monday Night Raw having a hot lesbian action segment? And that's what they called it. Yeah. It was a different yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a different time. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. We might but, get back so to those all, days. To go, but no, I, no, no way. Well, NXT just got a TV 14 rating. They changed that. Se- You'll never go back to that. Not in this environment. No oh, way. There's not in the cancel environment. We won't go there. Take, you know, like, I don't, I don't think, you know, it was well, really. What if they did it to the men? What if they started objectifying the men? I don't think NXT is going in that direction. Well, now I'm they, just playing devil's advocate. All colorful and paints. Oh, yeah, you're right. All of this, right? All of this. Bring the hose back. But. All of this goes back to what we were talking about how all of these women that she mentioned brought women out of yes. that out of that air out of that era and out of being seen like that mm-hmm. right on wrestling to where we are now. Yeah. yeah, like you mentioned Victoria being a hoe, but Mickey James was in the um uh impact their debut, th- that pay-per-view that they had. TNA and it was a lingerie battle royal mm-hmm. and um you know I trained and with Mickey what, she and I went all up and down yeah, the east coast wrestling with each other so um it was I had just broken my neck though when that happened um but it was it's interesting the people that you named they went through that kind of shady era where mm-hmm. it's like really cringe like oh my god I can't believe yeah. I had to do that but they're still here and they've really been a part of this evolution yeah. of women's wrestling Absolutely. like they they didn't leave when they were asked to wear lingerie you know they they stuck with it and made it something better and i think that's yeah. so powerful wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, i've asked you in the past we've had these conversations because <laughs> as a promoter of indie wrestling back then we did those matches. Oh, we did. And I would say, I can't believe I used to ask girls like, "Hey, I need you to to put this dress on, and you're going to rip it, rip them off, and you're all going to be in lingerie in front of a thousand people." Like, and- you know, I can't believe, like, you know, when you think of how things change, but mm-hmm. like, I mean. We just did those matches on indies because that's what the WWE was putting on TV. It was like we, you know, you're that was the litmus. Yeah. That was yeah. the litmus test and for what was is, acceptable. At first, the first time you ever said you're going to do a an evening gown match, I was like, no, I'm not. I don't want to do an evening gown match. And then I, I figured it out, and I was like, oh, there's psychology. Well, there and is I, psychology, and I doing. loved it because to me, I thought it was really theatrical because I wanted to be an actress when I was a kid, you know, and um, I wanted to be an actress, a singer, or a model. But uh, I figured it out. I was like. Oh, 
I can make them want to see me win or lose or whatever and take my dress off, but I don't give it to them. And that to me was the most empowering yeah. thing ever. I was a heel always. So, mm -hmm. you know, I loved it. And I was like, and I would just watch it. And I was fascinated by it. And I was determined to do the best damn evening gown match ever. So like, I really, I didn't want to do it. But then I was like, all right, we got this. We can. Yeah. There is there is logic behind it. There is mm -hmm. psychology behind mm -hmm. it, you know. Especially yeah. if you're trained and you're trained, you right. know, yeah. by the bruiser. You're not just some lingerie model. Like uh, the one time at WrestleMania, they had the two Playboy Playmates. Oh. Remember the two girls? Okay, we're dating ourselves. See, those, are the, those are the things, though, when people outside of wrestling think about women's wrestling. Unfortunately, it's named things like that with mm -hmm. two Playboy bunnies in the ring, probably making a disaster out of things. Yeah. You know, it's that is what has tarnished people's image outside of professional wrestling, I feel of like. Of women's wrestling. Of women's, of women's wrestling, wrestling. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, it's... The pillow fight at WrestleMania, yeah. you know, where they pull a bed out. The gravy match. Don't yeah. even start I on mean, it. I mean, like, I've wrestled in pudding, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I have a question, Layla. Um, you know, and I ask this of a lot of our, our guests that maybe have gone, you know, for a few years you're kind of still in the first year of your career, but has there ever been a time where it just felt like you wanted to just be like throw in the towel and be like, you know what, let me get back to broadcasting or singing or just straight acting? Because this wrestling thing is like... Wow. <laughs> I do have a little story. So stupid, though. Well, <laughs> last... that's, that's what you're here for. We want to hear it. <laughs> last year, this was probably like a month or two after my debut, I did uh, like a gimmick show. Uh-huh. And in the gimmick show, they had a, a bunch of different types of matches that, you know, you would pick out of a hat. And then the opponents would be picked out of a hat. So you don't know who your opponent's going to be or what type, what stipulation's going to be. And I drew a three shots match with, against my trainer, actually. So, yeah, a three shots match. And, and it was real alcohol they were giving us. It oh, was, wow. It wasn't like... <laughs> Most Whoa. states with an athletic commission would say no to that. <laughs> yes. It wasn't like kayfabe. I, I thought it was. And then they were filling up these shots. Craziness. I don't even understand what the match was. Like, I just know they had us drinking. So this was at like a bar show, I guess, an adult. Was it a, like adult themed show? Not really. I don't know what the point of this was. This is just one of those things that I'm like, what the heck? Why did I even do this? So they they give you a shot. I think the point is, you know, you bump, you you knock the person down. Every time they get up, you have to take a shot or something like that. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. But I, I just, what? I know that I took three shots and I was done because I'm not a drinker. Right. Like, And that's not I mean, safe. Alcohol is not safe wrestling. at all. It's safe. It's Completely not safe. unsafe, right? It, oh yeah, I think he gave me like a suplex. And after that, I was done. I ran to the garbage can. Thank God this never got posted online. But... <laughs> You were like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes, they brought the garbage can. I'm like still in the ring. Half my body's in the garbage can. Oh I'm God. like, I just ran out mortified. Yeah, and then, my man, he had my back. He came down the steps like, I'll give you a real three shots match. So then he ended up doing the match with the guy. And I'm like, I'm outside freaking puking my brains out. I'm like, uh, never again. And yeah. after that, I'm like, what is this? Shit? Yeah, right? Like, what <laughs> this sounds like this, this sounds like this sounds like some of uh, Steve, like the, the, the what were they called, Tara? The shows that we do in Philly, the girls shows. Oh, oh Steve O'Neill. But what were the show? What was this company called? I can't w, there was W E W. There was Women's Extreme, Extreme wrestling, wrestling, and then there was D Wow, Dangerous Women of Wrestling. There are these, so yeah, they, well, these they were they're... in bars, and these were like all women's shows. But a lot of time yes. there was exotic dancers on the shows. Yeah, so there would be 
real wrestling shows oh. mixed with um, oil matches, mixed yes. with all kinds of craziness that a lot of times we yeah. would be like, what the it hell would, is this? this remember is, the one? This was we, in the, like early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. We showed up at one place in Pennsylvania, and whatever license they had to run there, everything had to be a gimmick match. So we couldn't have any. It was the commission. Yeah. The State Athletic Commission was going to shut the show we down. We couldn't have real wrestling. so Because they didn't, they didn't wrestle. So this is we talk about like commission states. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, the Pennsylvania Athletic. So the, the promoter that was doing these shows at like bars didn't register so they were like, well, if this is pro wrestling, we're going to shut it down. Yeah. So we got there. And even though, like, Kim and Tara and, like, and Mickey, Mickey James. Because Mickey yeah, trained we were with all, us. Yeah, we all Mickey rode James together. With us. So <laughs> this was in the early part of her career. So we're like, well, okay. So the promoter's like, hey, man, like, we can't do any pro wrestling. Like, the commission's going to And girls were down. bailing. So Kim and I had to wrestle three times. We did, like, a yeah. shaving cream match, a, a belt match, and a pillow fight. Good. Yeah, this <laughs> Like, cause it was like, they two, were interesting, the, you know, so. best out of three or whatever. And it was, I was like, I'm not oil wrestling. I just remember being like, I'm not doing that. Okay. Like I'll yeah. do this, but I'm not doing that. Cause I really wanted, like, I wanted to be taken seriously and mm -hmm. I didn't want that kind of. So we pretty much left all of those shows thinking, <laughs> what the hell did yeah. we just yeah. do? I've yeah. been there. I completely yeah. Been After there. that three shots, man, I'm like, I'm not doing nothing like this ever again. This is stupid. Well, <laughs> we did a ton of bar shows where the girls would be drinking. And like Dan was saying about the I'd get the, mad because as a guy, the dancers. I, I wrestled. I've been doing this. Yeah. But I wrestled for like 15 years. That's how I got into wrestling. So that to me is something. And I just, and as a promoter, I. I don't talk. I hate that. Yeah. Like, because it's just so dangerous. Oh, my God. Like, and they weren't properly it, you know, trained either. Yeah. That was the best that part. The They're thing. like yeah, so doing that, shots in so their underwear. So I wouldn't underwear. let Steven with any. Yeah. I wouldn't let them book. <laughs> those girls with like any of my girls yeah. i was like no way not only are they not trained but they're getting drunk <laughs> with the before customer. they go in the like, ring with the fans. like i'm not letting them get in there and drop one of my girls and the on fans would rub like them that. down with oil they would auction them off it was it was, Jesus. It was <laughs> really different time yeah totally a different time so listen you mentioned your man yes. um you were you know a wrestling relationship your husband oh. Husband, right? Yes. It, what's his name? His name is Lou Curtis. Okay. Curtis. Right on. Certified Lou Curtis. There you go. We love the superlative. So if he's yeah. certified, let us know. Now yes. that you, did you, um, were you guys together before wrestling or did you meet him in wrestling? Or? Um, we were together before wrestling. So we met at the time I was bartending in Miami. He was working as a mechanic and doing um, commercial air conditioning. So, you know, like guys that work in construction and stuff like that, they like to drink every day after work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how I met him. He would come to my bar and, you know, we became friends. We were friends probably for like a year before we actually started dating. And we were dating probably for a year before we started wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, it was my idea. I'm the one that wanted to do the wrestler, oh, yeah. even though he was uh, he was a amateur wrestler. Oh, okay. Like growing okay. up. So, yeah, he has a lot of years of amateur wrestling and, you know, competing and doing all that stuff. So I told him I wanted to do professional wrestling. And at first he thought it was kind of silly because when you grow up as an amateur wrestler, they kind of... Mm -hmm. And still have yeah. you. Yeah. That's how RJ was. He's right. like, I'm not letting nobody beat me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember RJ at first? He's like, oh, yeah. yeah, nobody's going to beat me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could stretch him. Yeah. You know, that's the mentality. Yeah. And it, all the years, the hundreds of people that I've trained in or through the school, anytime someone was like a shoot wrestler, Leo Rush. Mm -hmm. Le Leo was a little, he was an all American. So, was, Pat wrestler. so was uh, Patrick. So, yeah, yeah. So was Patrick. So, 
I, I've always had like I've always like no no, no you guys mm. like they come in and they're like yeah I'm not I'm no I'm not letting this guy beat me yeah <laughs> it doesn't work it doesn't work me, he's like, gonna beat me yeah like, I'm yeah not so him. yeah it's a different mentality to break them from a yeah. trainer standpoint to yeah. get them to kind of understand okay Absolutely. listen you got it back you know so I kept I kept telling him about the wrestling and you know at first it was taking us some time to go I had already spoke to the school. Like three months ago, and I'm like, and we still haven't gone. So one day, I'm like, listen, we have to go today. If we don't go today, we're never gonna do this. So I dragged him out of bed. Then we did that first class, and we walked out of there like we're going to the WWE. <laughs> yeah, you got and, bit. And you it, got bit by the wrestling yep, bug. It was, right away. Over, it was over, yeah. even though it was really hard because, you know, most of my athletic background is like dancing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, even though I did play some sports, I played soccer, I did swimming, I did track, but not long enough where I considered myself like an athlete like that. Yeah. So, and I started wrestling later on. I was 29. Oh. <laughs> I was 27 when I started. Yeah. So. 29 is a magical number. Really? Yes. It's <laughs> but it's hard. You know, you go almost 30 years old trying to learn how to take bumps mm -hmm. and do all mm -hmm. this stuff. And yeah. 10 years makes a big it difference. It really does. You know? Yeah, and yeah. I wasn't like a, like a daredevil child who was just like jump off of things. And, yeah. I mean, I'd hop over fences and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, but... So yeah, it was really, really challenging. But I mean, the fact that we stuck through get together through this, like I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for him because there was a lot of times that I wanted to quit. There's a lot of times I would leave training like in tears mm -hmm. because... I couldn't get suplexes because I was scared to take high bumps and, mm -hmm. you know, do all this stuff. And it was really, really frustrating for me. And, and the bumps, like yeah. people have no idea. I mean, I started training when I was 18, 19. I, people have no idea what this, the toll that the business takes. Everybody wants to discount it. Everybody wants to, oh, it's fake. It's this and that. You have no idea. It's like, like putting yourself yeah. through a mini yeah. car wreck. A yeah. car wreck every That's day. That's exactly what like it is. Like you're going traction, to training every yeah. day, learning how to do this, and every yeah. day you're in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Over and, and over. Multiple. Yeah. You know, yeah. not just one, like multiple. You yeah. go and train, and you're in multiple car accidents. Yep. And you know what I mean? Just to learn how to fall. And, yeah. so. you know, women's bodies are different. different. So they, yeah. you know, I mean, when mm -hmm. you're five foot something and, you know. Well, uh, we yeah. talked about this, how most wrestling rings are made. The heavier you are, the more you can make the ring flex. So for women who are lighter, <laughs> yeah, it's the bumps are harder on you yeah. because you're not, you know, and depending where the on ropes how the rings hit not, yeah. Like, oh, I mean, oh my god, we're, we're short. Like, well, not we. I mean, like, a lot of women yeah. wrestlers are not particularly tall, and yeah. so the ropes hit in a much different spot. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they're, I remember that. Like that hurt the worst. Like I just remember crying yeah, like at night. Oh my god, the big bruises, and it was just it would hurt. I was a landscaper when I got into wrestling, so like I had to go do manual labor every day. So I'd beat myself up at night, then go do manual labor. But that the hitting the ropes mm -hmm. just. Oh, that was road, so hard. Bumps. I took that first bump. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, am I sure I want to do this? <laughs> am I sure I want to do this with my life? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I just stuck through it. I, I knew I wasn't going to quit. I did not want to quit because I've quit a lot of things before. So I'm like, no, I have to do this. Stick with it. Stick with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even though I was doing a bunch of stuff before, I don't think I've ever been this dedicated to anything. Well, it's interesting that you and your husband got into wrestling together. Yeah, that is like, neat. We... 
there's lots of relationships in wrestling mm-hmm. that generally seem to occur after they get into the business, yeah. and then they, you know, wind up working together and so hook up or whatever. He wasn't a, a fan of pro wrestling, I'm assuming, like he, the way he you described it. He was a fan. Um, he was a fan. He did grow up watching it, like many. Okay. You know, he loved John Cena and Kurt Angle, and especially Kurt Angle because obviously, he was an right? Wrestler, obviously, yeah. That makes he sense. said as at his wrestling school, they always had like Kurt Angle on the walls and stuff. So yeah, he there's a lot of people that he did like. He loves Eddie. Mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. So he he was a fan growing up, but then he stopped watching it, like you know a lot of people do as well. And he kept doing his amateur wrestling until that stopped after like high school. And then yeah, and and then I I brought him back, and you know we always talk about how everything just happened, and we're like, man, we really are meant to be. You know, he was a wrestler, and then he got like distracted, fell off the the path. You know, probably dating these young girls and stuff whatever yeah, they yeah. steer you away from your goals <laughs> that they do <laughs> that they do that happens yeah. yeah yes it does so you know that was like his dream to 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 wrestle and do all that and that ended up being cut and then yeah then we got together and now we have wrestling back in our lives and we get to do this together we're on the road together we travel we have a dog which we got when we started wrestling we named him Kofi Oh, after Kofi Kingston. I That's love awesome. it. What kind yes. of dog? Um, he's a mixture. He's um, his colors are black, white, and brown. He's, we believe he's like a Chihuahua with a, with like a wiener dog or something. A hot dog. Okay. I mean, a, a dachshund. A dachshund. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, he's long and skinny, but he doesn't have the short legs. I gotta tell you, mutts are often the best dogs. Yeah. He's the best. As opposed to like a pedigree. I mean, yeah. and you know, you get the pedigree. You know, your golden retriever, your Labrador. But sometimes when you find a mixed breed mutt. They have the biggest personalities. He they does. sometimes need the most care. So um, yeah. I'm I'm giving you the kudos for rescue. I don't know if you rescued him or how he came into your life or they came into your life. But yeah, I love a rescued uh, um, a mixed breed dog. Yeah, I I had one follow up real quick because we are just tearing through this interview. You're a great subject to speak to. Um, a follow up to a time where maybe you were thinking I don't want to be involved in this, but you know you said you never really wanted to quit. Have you ever had an instance where you were in the ring with someone that you felt was not being as professional as maybe they presented themselves at first, where you actually thought someone was like trying to like, you know, shoot on you, shoot take on you, get, with take you. liberties, get cute. Like, have you ever experienced? Yeah, this happened recently, actually. I had a, <laughs> had a show a few weeks ago and yeah, man, this girl was getting rough. Yeah, she was. She was getting me pretty good. Once her comeback came and she came with those lines, I just saw it in her face. I'm like, this girl does not like me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, no. So stuff like that happens, uh, unfortunately, in the business. So aside from people stiffing you, then there's also people that, you know, don't really want to take your moves. Mm-hmm. So that happens in that match, too. And it was it was definitely very frustrating. But that does not happen often. That was like the only match that I ever dealt with that i've had people that were stiff but that's just the way that they work i didn't i never felt like it was on purpose like i don't or like dangerous. her yeah yeah or dangerous mm-hmm. yeah that's just the way that they work but this one girl nah man <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> something there just hearing you talk through that it's interesting because that's kind of something that's very you know specific to our entertainment industry right like you can't ever you can't ever be in like on stage with someone or like doing a movie with someone and then they just decide to like I don't like her I'm gonna make you know <laughs> make a job an example out of her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. 
Alec Baldwin. Here's your but receipt. That, yeah. You know, but yeah. that was a tragedy. Yeah, I know. Just ask him. <laughs> he didn't yeah, he didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> and um, and I, I was always, like, trained to, you know, work lighter yeah. and stuff. Uh, what? So, yeah, once I saw how she was coming at me, I'm like, oh, it's on. <laughs> and wrestling's weird, though, too, man. Like, you get weird jealousies from people. Oh yeah, you know, you'll, you know you might you like like someone like you um, a year in a year in already on AEW getting, you, know, you know yeah getting, like getting places getting opportunities that others aren't like wrestling that's what that that's the part of wrestling I've never liked though like the weird jealousy where people then you know what I make mean make an like, example yeah like out of a young stupid. up and coming like you know yeah like who's this girl like Leo I mean go back to Leo Rush Leo got he ate so much crap. Um, when he was starting because he was getting I saw it I saw it you know just in our area you know what I mean in, oh, yeah. in environment like guys like who, who is this kid man he's freaking getting ring of honor and this and that and I'm mm -hmm. like you know I'm he's you know he's out there hustling doing his thing it's, it's weird you it get that weird, weird he's job. one of the best workers I've ever seen how Leo yeah he's really talented man mm -hmm, yeah. he's um he I've trained a couple hundred people in 30 years doing this and had a school and had a lot of people that are really successful. But I always, when people ask me about him, um, him and Patrick, um, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I'm glad you um, brought him which, up. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not acknowledge him. Because um, he got there first, actually. Yeah, he you did. Know? And the two of them trained together. Um, and uh, those two kids are probably two of the most athletically gifted people that I've ever had train under me. Yeah. And um, I knew from day one they both had something special because all too because of their work ethic. Um, I mm -hmm. would al always tell like they would um, <clears throat> they would they would show up. They were they would show up. It started them showing up a little bit early mm -hmm. and then they would start calling me and, you know, like guys like RJ would be like, leave Dan alone. Don't bug him. And then they'd say, hey, can we get keys or can we get into like because they would. They would hitchhike and a lot of stuff mm -hmm. and catch rides from D.C. because mm -hmm. they were both they didn't have cars. Um, they were, you know, they were 17, 18. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and That's so right. they they like the best That's we right. can do is get up there two or three hours early. We can get up there. And I'd say, OK, go ahead in. And then they go in hours early. And <laughs> but I just loved their was like, man, these two kids want it so yeah. bad. That yeah. dedication. You know? And yeah. I, in non normal circumstances, I would have said, no, I'm not just going to let you go into the training <laughs> center five hours early. My <laughs> right. But I just like, they, they were so hungry. Uh -huh. They were so hungry <laughs> yeah. that I was like, I can't say no to them. <laughs> like, I just like, all right, I'm going to let them go. Yeah. And, and yep. um, yeah, so that, you know, heart and desire and just, you know, both of them. But yeah, they were, yeah. they're probably the two of the most you know who I love also? Another one of your old students, Renee Michelle. Yes. Uh -huh. She is one of my favorites. And she's helped me out a lot, too. She's great. Have you gotten to wrestle her? Yeah, she was actually one of my first matches. and You know what? That's how I saw you. Yeah. Ah. She was sharing your stuff. I think she was retweeting. I think she was sharing. Yeah, stuff maybe, about maybe. A Renee's picture a or something on Twitter too, uh, on social media. I think maybe. that's yeah. how I that's how I do. And then I saw some of your stuff. And then I think that's how I that's through how yeah. I, I found but we, yeah. we have a match coming up uh so renee was in that class with leo and mm -hmm. patrick yeah yep. she told me renee was in that class what with a leo gold mine that was um, looking back on it mm -hmm. and i and i and i fought for renee a lot too well you know if if you know her like um because renee was a girl that um renee was a girl that when she started coming around she she got found because she was doing modeling 
Mm -hmm. um, and I, I fought for Renee a lot because uh, a lot of people like discounted her, but I could tell she had heart. And yep. she just, when she was training in that class too, and I talk about her a lot the same way, she would just, she kept showing up, kept showing up. And a lot of people would be like, oh, she's just a freaking model. She doesn't want to do this, but she kept showing up. And I, you know, see like, man, she keeps showing up. And no matter how much people like people try to like talk down to yeah. her, she is she not just giving up. Yeah. She didn't give up. So uh -huh. yeah, and then yeah, she went to great. Japan. Uh huh. Yeah. Chikusa. Yeah. Chikusa. Yeah. No, I don't think people took her seriously because she wasn't a wrestling fan. Right. You know? So yeah. they'd say, oh, you know, this pro try to bring more of this person's character into your promo, and, and she's she like, I don't know who that is. Right. Because, so it made like, it. They're yeah. seventy now. But like, you know I don't I, know them. <laughs> and you know, I always say like, but I and I always bring her up as Lita. You know, when Amy congeniality when Amy was um. Because Amy got, you know, like Matt and Jeff asked me to work with her. This is like late 90s when because they had got signed and went on the road full time. And she had just done Mexico and her and, and Matt and Amy had started seeing each other. And Matt was like, hey, can this girl come up and work with you? Like she she just had a little bit of training and same thing. Like and I would train with Amy a lot, you know, because there was there's always especially back then. I think it's probably better now. Culturally, things have changed. But. Back then, it was always like, man, a girl's going to go to a wrestling school and every guy's going to be trying to sleep with her, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason, like, why Matt was like, hey. Let me send her someplace where, where I, know I know that they're like, not. Yeah, yeah, I know Dan's you know, going to, you know. Adam but, Flash isn't going to be down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that was Amy, terrible thing Amy to didn't say. have. Lita, she, had, she didn't, wasn't really a fan. Mm -hmm. Like, so I remember, like, in training with her, it does make it a little more difficult when you can't reference. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to reference people. Right. So yeah. put, I had to yeah. learn a lot. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you're if you want it and you have the desire yeah. and mm -hmm. passion, like you, you, you like and, and Renee would like Renee would go and, and and go back and look at the history and um and and learn. So, yeah, she's she's done really. I'm really proud mm -hmm. of what she's done. Love her. You know what? I've got another question for you. I'm sorry for monopolizing Layla's time, but okay. I, I, it, gears are just turning in my head. Things you're saying and you're saying are, are making me think. As far as uh, the future and goals, uh, are there any kind of uh, bucket list opponents? You know, I know you have the upcoming match with Renee Michelle, but are there any, um, you know, people that are doing it right now out there that you really are kind of chomping at the bit to get into the ring with, to learn from, or just create magic with? Uh. Yeah, there there are some people. Um, one of my favorite independent wrestlers is La Rosa Negra. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I love her twerking. Yeah. That's not all I love about her. I love her energy, <laughs> but with the her. You know, I dance in my intro, and oh I got that God. from her. I she helped me. She helped me put my entrance together. <laughs> so that would be great. Yeah. I would love to see I, that. I don't twerk, but you know, I, I do a little something. I haven't seen her in so long, but she is just a ball of energy, and that would yeah, uh, yeah. I would love to see uh, La Rosa Negra. Yeah, you know? I did. I did like a little training seminar with her for a week, and man, she is tough. I had never at that time. I never met like a woman so like fierce and vicious and great way to describe her fierce. Yeah, she. You know, she just she just brings it like. Mm -hmm. You know, she was doing things to me, chops and stuff. I'm like, damn, this little, this tiny woman is so strong and like feisty and crazy. Yeah. So yeah, she is one of my favorites. I love watching her. I love her energy, her charisma. Mm -hmm. I love her work. So she's definitely probably at the top of my list of independent wrestlers I want to work. Well, you heard okay. it right here on the MCW cast. Layla Gray wants La Rosa Negra. So promoters out there in the world, let's speak it into existence because I want to see it. Yes, book it. Yes. <laughs>
So we kind of skipped through the last break. We I did, we but that's okay. Yeah, because it was a great that's conversation. Right. Yeah, we talked about fine. this, that, and the third, and I, I it's nothing wrong it's with that. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have to close out, and yeah. uh, I do want to bring up our our next show, of course, is December 30th. It's a Thursday night show, so, you know, last parents, show bring your Arena. kids, because you know they'll be bouncing off the walls. They'll be off school for a week and a half, so bring them on out. Thursday night, December 30th, right here at the MCW Arena, yes. And, you know, this is like WWE. E used to do this. It would be like the uh, the, the post Christmas show. WWE is yeah. going to be here. The point I'm trying to make is that yeah. these are great stocking stuffers. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for Christmas morning, if you if so you celebrate Christmas, fan in the Baltimore the... area, yeah. Okay, I don't know what stockings you got as a kid, but my stockings never had WWE tickets in it. Uh, in my, in my <laughs> either, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like WWE used to say it makes right. a great stocking stuffer. But I will say, independent wrestling will not break the wallet. So, hey, our tickets make a great stocking stuffer. So, oh, yeah. I see what you're doing see there because WWE was too expensive for yeah. your family when you when Our, you had a big family. And... I did not have a big family. Yeah, and, I had a poor family. We talked a lot about <laughs> AEW. AEW. You. So yeah. uh, on the on the 30th, you can you can, if you want to go to both the night before First Mariner Arena. WWE's mm-hmm. there for a house show. And then at our show, uh, Brian Cage and the acclaimed from AEW. Oh, Max Caster will be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So and they'll both what? be they'll both be in action. Some Bowens too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the acclaimed okay. is taking oh, on. Wow, I'm coming. The acclaimed is taking on Seduce and Destroy, and Brian Cage is taking on Action Andretti. Hot dog. So you don't want to miss this, so get your tickets at mcwprowrestling.com or our local ticket outlet at Hideaway Collectibles on Hollibird Avenue, where you can get not only your MCW ticket, but all the cool collectibles that you know you want to get. And now we just told you who was going to be here, so I bet you maybe there's uh, some collectibles you might want to get if you're interested in doing the meet and greet. Indeed. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the MCW Cast. Layla, we want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition and for bracing the MCW Arena with your presence before we close the doors forever. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a great conversation. Thank you. For Dan McDevitt and the lovely Tara, I'm Larry Legend. We'll see you next week for another exciting, insightful edition of the MCW Cast. 